Welcome to Streaming Unicorn Podcast, where queer folks bring you queer commentary and reviews of the latest movies available from online streaming services. I'm your host today, Brooke, and as always, I'm here with your co-hosts, Irene and Alan. This week, we'll be talking about and reviewing the movie I picked, Colossal, available on Hulu. Welcome back, everyone. It's good to have you back here again at the podcast. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. Welcome finally, back. And we finally got a movie on Hulu. Finally got a movie on Hulu. Finally got a movie on Hulu. And now we'll have a treat. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to make use of that bell. <laughs> we are. I think so. So uh, we're very excited here. We are rolling up to the end of the season. And so that means there's not a lot of time left for everyone to put in their votes and uh, submit their ideas for what the uh, name of our fans is going to be called. Yeah, so um, get out there on Facebook and comment. Or if you like what someone else has commented, you know, like that, share, do the things, and you could win a $50 gift card. That's right. Because, you know, who doesn't like a AMC. movie? Right. Or several. So time is running out, but... Uh, to make sure that you are entered for a chance to win that gift card, all you got to do is go to our website. Or, or actually, you go to our website. That's fine. But eventually, you're going to have to end up on our Facebook page, which you can find by searching for Streaming Unicorn Podcast. And up at the very top is a post about this. Uh, just comment there, and you'll be entered into the raffle one time. And the first time you comment, and the first time that you share that post, you'll be entered into the raffle five times. So we'll do a live video drawing to see who wins uh, the $50 gift card to Fandango. Ooh. Ooh. So exciting. Bingo! (laughs) So please get on there and uh, give us some feedback. We can't wait to hear from you. That said, we're going to move on to... Irene's favorite part. All right, here come the deets. Yes. Deets. Gloria, played by Anne Hathaway, is an out-of-work girl who, after getting kicked out of her apartment by her boyfriend, is forced to leave her life in New York and move back to her hometown. Me. Gloria. Gloria. (laughs) When news reports surface that a giant creature is destroying Seoul, Korea, Gloria gradually comes to the realization that she is somehow connected to this far-off phenomenon. Phenomenon. Do-do-do-do-do. Phenomenon. (laughs) So when I first heard about this, I was like, what? Anne Hathaway and Kaiju? This is... What? (laughs) Sounds good to me. Yeah, I mean, how could that go wrong? Right. I agree. I like Anne Hathaway. I like Kaiju. Interesting. I like them both. I do not like Anne Hathaway's bangs in this movie, though. Oh, harsh. Aren't they harsh? It's a wig. They could have done that any way they want. She's in Hollywood. It's a whole movie. I know. She looks like a Cocker Spaniel. Oh, God, she does. They're like, hey, call in Edward Scissorhands. It's an artwork. (laughs) It's an artwork. So this was written and directed by Nacho Vigilando. (laughs) Nacho Belgrande. (laughs) Shut up. Can you imagine, though, growing up with the name Nacho? Yeah. (laughs) That's not your girlfriend. Uh-huh. I'm sure the teachers were like, Nacho, and he's like, here, and they're like, that's not your name. Oh, my God. A-A-Ron. <laughs> 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 A-A-Ron, you're about to get in trouble. Mm. 
So, uh, uh, Nacho also wrote The ABCs of Death and Time Crimes, which I hear is a very good film. I haven't seen it yet, though. Anybody seen that? Mm-mm. I haven't. Well, it was recommended to me recently, so I might check it out. It stars Anne Hathaway as Gloria. Interesting fact about that. She was in her second trimester of pregnancy during the filming of this. What? Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. This was a pretty physical role at times, too. Mm -hmm. And it also has uh, Jason Sudeikis as Oscar. One of my favorite things from him was Meet the Millers. Oh, my gosh. God, that was so funny. Yeah. That was so funny. Yeah, I generally like him as an actor Um, in this movie, though. He's so cute. I just, oh God, he just made me so mad. Yeah, I didn't. Know. I thought he did a great job with this character. He did though. a great job. He did, but um, but that I mean, makes me his think character's about supposed to make you mad. But okay, so Kiefer Kiefer Sutherland did two movies where he was a horrible, crazy, rapist, terrible person, and I will never ever look at him the same. Really? Yes. Did like, this movie run Jason Sudeikis for you? Almost. I don't know. I'm I, glad it hasn't. I have to see. like that Not right. Without My Daughter. Oh, no. No, no, no. no, no. Eye for an Eye. Eye for an Eye. That's and it. And then the other one was um, <laughs> Freeway with Reese Witherspoon. Those I two. I don't think I've seen that. I don't think I've seen that. I've seen the Eye for an Eye, and that was a good movie, and I agree he was creepy as heck. One interesting thing about this was that when the, um, when the film was being shopped around it at the Cannes Film Festival, uh, they said it was a cross between Godzilla and being John Malkovich. And then Nacho later said that, uh, it, quote, it's going to be the cheapest Godzilla movie ever made, I promise, quote. So, before it was out and before they knew what it was mostly about, Toho, the company that owns Godzilla, sued. Oh. <laughs> They're like, uh, you can't just make a Godzilla movie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and so eventually the uh, uh, court, the case was settled and the producer had to say that it, very clearly that it wasn't a Godzilla remake. And I, I even wondered if maybe they made changes after that or not, but uh, I don't know. Just to make it not. Godzilla. Ooh, Godzilla. But uh, I thought that was really funny. Toho. I, I just, I don't know. There's just something. Something feels, it's like an achievement unlocked for Toho's loggers to serve you. Right. <laughs> but you Some can't Godzilla just... lawsuit. And you know, the early Godzilla movies were not good. The <gasps> Hush your mouth. Right? Those Hush. are classics. Let me just get some sort of... Dinosaur toy, and then walk it across the screen, basically. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Mothra is so beautiful, though. Oh my gosh, and yum, yum. I don't know. At the time, I mean, as effects went, it was it was pretty comparable to what was going on at the time. Mm-hmm. But just... unlike the things, other things that were going on at the time, this one endured. I love, I love Godzilla, old Godzilla movies. I, I love uh, Gamera. Yeah, I got a ding for Gamera. Um, oh, okay. I'm a big fan of those. Yeah, yeah, right? Mecha Godzilla. That's not a movie. Mecha that's a, that's Godzilla. A, that's a character. I don't care. King Ghidra. That's also a character. King Ghidorah. You can't just ring the bell for characters. <laughs> I'm, you're losing your bell privilege. Well, all of those have Godzilla versus. Right. See? But that would be the name. But then I would have to like say that every single time. Oh, my God. Point being made, this isn't a Godzilla movie. <laughs> Although it's most like a Godzilla movie, I thought at the very first scene. Will you stop? Stop really? saying, stop saying Godzilla. You're ding happy. Stop. I'm. Uh, this is what we do. You're just saying it too much. <laughs> Apparently, you don't understand the show rules. We only ding the first time. Um, I think what I understand is that you are really stingy with the bell. 
hit the bell. I mean, just do what you want. You okay. feel good? Do you yeah. Feel yeah. Let's. I did feel good. Let's let's move this along. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so at the very beginning of this movie, the little girl is uh, looking for a doll in the park, and uh, that's when this the like the monster appears, super fake looking. He's walking among the buildings, and it's a very old school Godzilla feel. Uh, and I was like, mm, this is gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> I was into it. You wanted to be into it. What? Why is this episode so weird? <laughs> I don't know. We're already talking about Godzilla yeah. sex? Yeah. Are we done with the deets? Yeah. Okay, were there, good. Were there more deets that you wanted? And I don't know. I missed some things because I was dinging the bell so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not surprised. I am not surprised. <laughs> Whoops. No. I just I didn't know. I wanted to make sure everybody was spoken for this is the part of the show where we've moved on to talking about the movie okay i'm ready for that because you <laughs> hushed me earlier i'm ready let's do it you're, you're very sensitive tonight you know you? what it's shark week oh jaws it is shark week saving private ryan there's a lot happening why do you bring up those movies irene because they're very bloody yeah like my soul <laughs> well <laughs> Welcome to that, everyone. I'm going to gay bow out of that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Just now it's going to gay bow right out. <laughs> Look, part of this, co- people listening to this podcast, is getting real personal with my life. Apparently. So it's Shark Week. All yeah. right. <laughs> so the movie opens up uh, past that first scene. The first time we get to see Anne Hathaway, she's, she's guiltily slinking into her apartment. And I'm like, yeah. She's been up to something. Mm-hmm. She's been on a bender. And it didn't look like it was morning. It looked like about mid-afternoon. Right. Yeah. And boyfriend's sitting in there. He's clearly mad. And right away, I was like, it, it becomes clear that she has an alcohol alcoholism problem. And he's this isn't new for him. And so you kind of feel sorry for him. But he gets mad and he starts throwing things. And I was, I was like, don't date somebody who throws things when they're angry. That's did, not a good sign. What did he throw? I thought he was just kind of stomping around. He was stomping around. He threw some dishes and stuff. something, yeah. Because uh. he was really mad. Okay. And I get that he was mad. I'm just saying don't date people who throw things when they're mad. Right. That's just some advice from Brooke. Unless they throw you a party when they're mad. That's and true. that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. If they throw you a party when they're mad, that's probably a good person to date. That's true. Yeah, so he was pretty pissed. And he's like, I gotta go to work. Obviously. And... She didn't have a job for like a year. Right. And he all the way packed up her shit. All the way. And she better take it or he's going to be waiting to exhale right out on that front line. <laughs> <laughs> and to to make the point clear that this isn't just a one-time thing and the boyfriend's not crazy, as soon as he leaves, her whole party posse shows up. Oh my gosh. I was like, oh, she's drinking, shit girl. Drinking the liquor, eating the breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a shit person. And... <laughs> Everybody in her little posse, I felt like it was a shit person because they came in and she was clearly sad and upset because her boyfriend just told her to get out and they don't care. They're just there. You know, they're all They're like locusts consuming. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. And I thought that was a good way to set up because that's really her personality. Each of their personalities is really hers. Right. But she went straight for the lie when she got there. And that, I'm just like, everybody knows. Why are we lying so hard? Let's get it together. Well, I think that's part of her alcoholism is, you know, she she wasn't willing or ready, especially the beginning of the movie, to face that or even admit to it. Yeah, that's true. 
she ends up having to leave and she goes to this old place. I was really unclear about it. At first I was like, okay, is she going home? And I thought, right. well, her mom don't want her there. She's a shit person. I'm sure mom knows. <laughs> but now she showed up at, at, a, at an empty house. I think it was her, her parents' rental or their old house, something. I don't know. But it was completely empty. Yeah, it was so weird. It, because they don't explain exactly what it is, you just have to assume. Right. And it, I, I think this film, ultimately this film is an allegory. And there are so many things in the film that's symbolic of something else. Um, I feel like this house that she moved into was symbolic of, all right, this is her chance. What is she going to fill it with? Right. And what right. it ended up getting filled with wasn't a good thing, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think this is a good point to say too like if you haven't seen Colossal yet there are things that you'll find out that will spoil during the show that uh, I think are important to the first time you watch it so if you haven't seen it yet and you want to I would just pause the podcast and come back to it later right. because this one's a really good one not to have spoiled otherwise we're just going to spoil it for you so um, pretty soon she's meeting up with, the, with her old friend who happens to own a bar which is convenient <coughs> for her since she really likes to drink <laughs> and one of his patrons was the Oh Brother Where Art Thou guy. It was a soggy bottom boy. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was. Yeah. I didn't realize. The whole time we're watching this. And then for a couple of days after, uh, my girlfriend Anna, she kept saying, Do not seek the treasure. <laughs> 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 I kept hoping and he hoping he would uh chime in with a song, but he never did. No. But it is weird to see him in something else. Because to me, he'll always be one of the soggy bottom boys, and that's how that goes. Damn, we're in a tight spot. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you didn't let that go. People might be mad. Uh, And also, so she's getting to know this little, this Oscar guy, uh, played by Jason Sudeikis, in his little bar. And so you got some main patrons that you can tell are going to recur. And one was soggy bottom boy, and the other one was Mount Chinmore. (laughs) Dude with a huge chin. He was so cute, though. He was cute. Oh, he was cute. He had a giant chin. Alan, you didn't think so? No, I called him Durface. Durface? Durface? Was his neck ne- big enough for you? I don't know. He just had Durface the whole movie. Uh-huh. Like, you look at him, he'd just be Durr. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe that traveled down his chin and took a ski slope jump off. I don't know. Wow. That's very visual. Hey, that, is, that is visual. <laughs> I thought he was attractive. Wanted to high five her when she bedded him. See, and I thought Aided she was an idiot him. for doing that. Alan, we'll talk about that when so we get judgy. to it. Uh, the point at this point, at this point in the movie, though, he just starts flirting with her, and Oscar freaks the fuck out, right? Like he beyond did. normal. And it was really confusing for me at that point, right? Because right. at that point, I was actually liking him, like, right? Oh, he's clearly smitten with her, and they, they totally set this up to be kind of a rom com, like, yeah. She's got the boyfriend. She's got some problems. She goes home. They have the cute meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, look, this is somebody that was in love with me back in the day. And now we're going to get back together. And it's going to be sweet. And he's going to help me with all my problems. Right. And there's a monster in there. Yeah. And that's no. totally what they set you up for. But that right. is definitely not it's what not they deliver. That's not what this is. And, it to- and I thought that was really masterfully done. So much so. Maybe too well. Because I was thrown for a good long while about right. what the fuck is happening. When Oscar freaks out at this point, I knew something was up, but I didn't know what. Because he didn't just get angry. He freaked the fuck out on Mount Chinmore. Um, And it was the first sign that something was either off with Oscar or off with Mount Chinmore. Whatever it was, something was clearly off. Right. Yeah. um, Because, what, Mount Chinmore? 
I, that's why I guess that's what we're calling. Him, I don't know what his name is. Is going in for the kiss. They don't kiss, but Oscar freaks out and is like, and they're like, nothing happened, nothing happened. But he is totally losing it. Uh huh. And we hate him forever. Well, you hate him forever. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, we cut to a scene, and I only bring it up because she's she's walking through town. She's drunk. It's late at night. She's got a big bag. And I, I don't know why. And I don't know what she was carrying around in that bag. It was so big and square. Like, is that like a really square body? Is that some blocks from Minecraft? What the hell is she toting in this bag? That It's it's an air mattress. Was it an air mattress? Yeah. yeah that was the big rollout um, air mattress. Mystery yeah. song. So she got it at the store. Thank and you, then, Clue Club. And then she <laughs> got in the truck with Oscar, and he took her just to the bar. So she still had it with her. And then yeah. she left with it. You know, when she was leaving the bar. I didn't, I mean, I, obviously she set out that air mattress, but I didn't know that was it. And oh man, she lays on that air mattress and it, she wakes up in the morning and it's flat. <laughs> I hadn't done that. That was so funny. I thought every, every joint in her body's going to hurt. It brought me back to camping days when you camp out on like the hard ass bottom of a tent. Yes. Uh, and then wait. when you're older and you think you can do that again and you try and you can't. No. It's like every muscle groans. Your bones feel like they've all like taken the shape of the earth. Of the earth. <laughs> the whole earth. She didn't have any furniture in that house, except for this air mattress now that deflated. Mm-hmm. And uh, she only had one spot in her whole house she could steal some Wi-Fi. And... <laughs> now I'm like, why is she sitting over in that corner right. all the time? <laughs> oh, now we know. Now we know. And uh, that's when she first sees that there's a monster on the news. Oh, after he wheels in the gigantic-ass TV. Was it? I no, thought she no. Oh no, it was on her computer. It was on the computer. Yeah. Oh, that's right. The big, crazy TV that he brought in came right after that. Though. Came right after that. Yeah. But uh, can you imagine waking up and being like, "Whoa, there's a whole monster. There's a whole kaiju in <laughs> Seoul, South Korea." Right. As I was sleeping. As I was sleeping. Like, what would you do? And oddly enough, it looks like it's carrying something over its shoulder. Yes. Strangely, that's enough. weird. <laughs> so weird. Like, what would you do if you woke up and there's a monster? <laughs> I'd be on the. I'd be watching TV. Yeah, I think I'd spend the rest of the day on television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I'd be calling friends. Hey, did you see this? It kind of made me think of Pacific Rim. You know, like at some point the monsters just like show up, and you're like, uh, "This is our life now." <laughs> right. This is our life now. And monsters. Monsters. Right. What we're living that kaiju life. <laughs> <laughs> What she does, though, I thought was weird. She ends up calling her boyfriend, Tim, the one who threw her out. And I was like, why? He, he threw her out. And she, it was weird. She's like checking in with him. And he didn't even care. He was like, well, no shit, Sherlock. That happened like uh, something like nine hours ago. And then he's like, don't drink. Why are you just finding out now? Have you been drinking all night? Don't do that. I was like, what the fuck? Right. Let's go right to that. Right. And this is the first moment I'm like, okay, now something's weird about Tim. Maybe he's right. not the victim that we thought he was either. No, he, he was done with her. He was done with her, but she's still checking in. She does it several times during the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. she wasn't done with him. Right. right. And it almost made me feel like this kind of thing has happened before. Like, this is maybe a dynamic between them. Mm, that's a good point. I didn't catch that, but you know what? Well, like, he's done, yeah. and then he, like, misses her. Right. And then gives her mixed feelings about what she should do. And so she keeps going back. Right. And I knew something was up, and I was freaking out while I was trying to watch this movie. I was like, what's going on? Something's going on. The boyfriend is too chill. Oscar's too hype. 
And my girlfriend Anna, she was like, well, you could try a thing and watch the damn movie. <laughs> oh she sure God. did. I was like, dang, I'm going to tell the podcast listeners you said that. And she said, do it. <laughs> so I did. Thanks, Anna. <laughs> this, uh, she doesn't put me. up with my bullshit. It amuses me greatly that Anna doesn't put up with your bullshit. No, she certainly doesn't. This, this is one of the things that makes her a good girlfriend for me. <laughs> <laughs> So this is, Alan, you mentioned that. That's when Oscar brings the TV over. And I was like, what? And he's being so chill about it. Like, he's like, yeah, there's a monster. Like, why aren't people freaking out? Why is there a giant TV here? Well, he had said, you know, we talked about it. But right. I don't think they did. They didn't. I don't no. think they did. And this is another clue. And he like, did that with the futon, too. Yeah, he shows up with a futon. He shows up later. He shows up with a futon. With this TV, he's like, oh, we talked about it last night. Taking advantage of her being drunk and, oh, to yeah. gaslight her. He was like totally gaslighting her. Yes. Like this is the reality. And it as you as you watch, Oscar becomes more and more of a villain. Like the the, the little cute meat was about the last moment that he's a nice guy. He becomes like this really creepy villain. And then these in the movie is our first indications of that. But it's so funny, like you said, they masterfully do it. You're being gaslighted. Yeah, totally. So it's like because you're I believe part of it. it, right? Yeah, it's totally right. As and, and maybe that's why it took me so long to to cue in because I, I he seemed like a nice guy. He seemed like a trustworthy guy. Right. He, I know why, she's a drunk. Why would he lie about? Why would he lie like about that? it? Right. So something that I had thought is that he is filling this empty house with his baggage. Exactly. Like his oh, bullshit. Yes. And yes. I'm like, you just see it like right. physically happening that you're like, what the fuck is happening right. here? He's slowly claiming yeah, that, space that space for his, with his shit. Mm-hmm. And I think eventually his goal was to move all his shit in there and move in. Mm. Yeah, because did you see his hoarder house? Yeah. Right. Yeah, we'll get there. That's for sure. What? <laughs> You're always trying to jump to the end. <laughs> I'm not trying to jump to the end. <laughs> We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm just having. I'm just having a conversation, like how I do. <laughs> That's what I was just said. I just we both l- said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> what? So meanwhile, Oscar, while he's trying to gaslight her, and I didn't even realize it, uh, he reveals that the, this isn't the first time that monster appeared. It also appeared 21 years ago. 25, I think. 25. Yeah. Oh, a bunch of years ago. A long time ago. Don't focus on the details. And and what she did, she ended up, like Alan said, she could see that it was doing some of the things she did, and she ends up testing it, putting her arm in the air out of nowhere, and the monster does it. So that's when we get the big reveal, like, this monster is her. Right. Or, or she, she controls the monster or something. She has to, she goes investigating, like, kind of, she has, like, these flashbacks and memories as a child uh-huh. with, like, her, with her little diorama that it, was amazing. It was an amazing diorama, and it was of Seoul, Korea, which is where the monsters are. Shocking. Appeared. Shocking. So we're foreshadowing really hard. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> when is, I think I need a calendar for when Shark Week is so that we can schedule these podcast recordings outside of that time. Sorry, everybody. The show's late this week. Shark Week. <laughs> it's 47 meters late. <laughs> 50 centimeters down. <laughs> and uh, once she figures out that she is controlling this monster, the first thing she does is call Tim again. Like, why the fuck uh-huh. does she keep checking in with Tim? Like, she's got, a, she's got a punch card. She's got a punch with Tim, so Tim knows what's going on with her life. Tim threw you out. Yeah. Quit calling Tim. And his first response is always, are you drinking? Yeah. Do you have some alcohol? And I thought this was interesting because this was almost like a transition because while she's talking to Tim 
on the on on Skype or something. Oscar shows up with the futon and acts like she should know about it again, and and we just kind of gloss through that, and she ends up forgetting about Tim on the computer. They leave together, and oh, Tim's yeah. like, "What's going on?" So it's almost like she's getting out of this one bad relationship with Tim and slipping right into this other one mm-hmm. a little too conveniently. Because she's very dependent on people. Yeah, totally. But I don't think she has family. I don't think, and her friends aren't real. Um, so right, she's I she's think alone. She's very alone. She's isolated. Mm-hmm. And I mean, sometimes with alcoholism, even that's what happens. Like we find out later, we'll talk about later that they she has this trauma that's happened, and it's caused her to be someone who seeks out uh, kind of these abusive relationships to where she doesn't even know they're in it. I thought this was also really interesting because, you know, it was several, several podcasts ago, a viewer uh, wrote in and was talking about how you can find yourself in an abusive relationship and not even know it. And as a viewer, that's what happened to me. Like all of a sudden I was seeing and experiencing this abusive relationship on my television and I didn't even, I didn't even know how we got there. I had also bought in to what Oscar was saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's setting her up the woot woot, and I'm right along with her. I I was on to him. I have to say. Well, that's really? good. That's... There's just something really, really weird about him, and just how he worded things that I was I was pretty suspicious. So, but then when he just got mean, I was yeah. like, uh, I can't get out of this. <laughs> I was really uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, that's good. Run with that feeling when you feel it. That's true. <laughs> because uh, she definitely finds herself in a situation that felt where she was at in her life. I think she felt out of control. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, she goes and she shows the only friend she's got, which is uh, Chinny Chin, Chin Chin Chin, and the Saki Bottom Boy and Oscar. And she's like, hey, guys, check this out. The monster does the shit I'm doing. She does her little dance and everything. And it's I thought this was a funny part because it's she's like down dancing and everybody in Seoul Korea is like ah! Right. It's like they were and she's terrorizing. Like polarized it's like both funny and horrifying at right. the same time. And and that was accentuated. Like it's almost like look at this harmless stuff, but the damage that you can do with it is so strong, which is ultimately I think a metaphor for her her drinking and kind of the lifestyle she's been leading. Uh, she was trying at this point to be careful because she knows the damage she could cause, but she klutzes falls over and that causes a lot of destruction. Oh my goodness. How much destruction? And the reality of that just hits her in the face. It does, which we will talk about right after this. Streaming Unicorn Podcast is sponsored by the best sponsor around. That's you. This podcast, it's a labor of love for us. And if you like what you hear and want to give something back... All we ask is that you get involved. Send us your reviews, suggestions, and love to comments at streamingunicornpodcast.com. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube for bonus content. We'll link you to all those things through our website at streamingunicornpodcast.com. Most importantly, join the growing ranks of fans of the show. Simply spread the word about this podcast, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Stitcher, TuneIn, and iTunes. This all helps us to bring others into the fold of movie-loving queers, so thank you. So, after she has her big fall, she wakes up, and I thought it was weird that for some reason they took her from the playground and put her to bed, but left that giant TV on, so it's the first thing she sees. I mean, I would want to see it when I woke up, too. Maybe he did that to rub what she did in her face. Maybe. Oh, maybe. I didn't think Which, about it at the time. At the time, yeah, I didn't think about it either because I was still thinking he was nice with some kind of hidden secret of anger or something, but no. 
<laughs> and in fact, Oscar shows up with food, and I thought it was weird. He's totally unflappable. Like you just found out this girl is a monster in Korea, and you're just like, oh yeah, no big deal, whatever. But also, he went, he got her spare key and let himself in. Yeah, like he already lived there. He was just he just moved in real yeah. sly, right? He, sly like a fox, which is something people do uh, when they're abusers. They ins- sometimes they'll insert insert themselves in your life. When you don't even know how they've done it. And then they're also trying to be helpful. Like he brought food and I, I was taking care of you, blah, blah, blah. But he's he's violated this privacy in her life and mm. insinuated himself in kind of mm-hmm. what should be her safe space. Right, because we're not friends like that. No matter, no matter what, I don't know you for like a bajillion years. You know, maybe he was unflappable because he was trying to downplay the ex- potential excitement of finding something like that out. Like right. she was inconsequential. Well, I think too, that he was also kind of wanting to l- deliver the blow. Cause he ends up telling her she, mm. when she fell, she killed 200 people. Yeah. And he delivered the, the blow that he also appeared and he, he showed up as a robot. He even makes a point to say, you know, you're not as unique as you thought you were. Mm hmm. Oh, he's so creeping. And I like this part because she is like, this is her moment to start taking responsibility for herself. She's like, I can't be fucking up like this. I'm going to stop drinking. And she gets him to help her write an apology in Korean. Like, I'm sorry. This was a big mistake. Uh, You know, it won't happen again kind of thing. So she takes this apology and she ends up using her finger to write it in the ground. And everybody's like, oh, maybe maybe the monster is nice and we didn't know it. Which I thought was, like, people were quick to forgive. That monster just killed 200 people and have been rampaging a little bit, you know, and destroying some things. And now now they're ready to forgive because the monster's sorry. Mm-hmm. Maybe the South Koreans are better people than we are. They might, they might be. <laughs> and um, so she's trying to clean up her act, and she ends up uh, going to, uh, to the bar that night. And uh, it was so weird because all of a sudden... Uh, she starts flirting with Chin Chin Salabim again and ends up going to his house to bang, which I was like, okay, wait. <laughs> you decided to quit drinking, but you haven't stopped kind of your self-destructive behavior because it didn't seem to make any sense why she right. would do that. I mean, if she, if you want to go to a bar and pick up somebody and go home to bang, that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But for her and her situation, what she was trying to do, it just seemed weird. Well, I think she was replacing one thing with another. What do you mean? Um, Well, I think at that point she had stopped drinking. And so she was filling that void with sex. Oh, I think I think I agree with that because she purposely was trying not to drink. So she wouldn't accidentally stumble drunk in the park and cause havoc. Right. Right. But so you're saying she wasn't just automatically better. She was like filling that void that that was doing. She tried to fill it with sex. Yeah. That's what it seemed like, because he offered her a drink when she went over to his his place, and she didn't. She didn't. She, she didn't, didn't do it. Take it, and, right? And, yeah, but she was like jumped right on him. That makes more sense. But the next morning, she wakes up, and um, the robot is back. It's mm-hmm. um, taunting the business district in uh, in Korea, and she's like, "Oh God!" So they have to run over to the to the park that. W- I guess we didn't mention that. The par- Whenever they're at the park, that is when the, the the monster and the robot appears. So she runs over to the park. Oscar's having fun. And she showed up there with Chinny Chinny Bang Bang. And uh, Oscar was pissed again. Like, there they are. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting. He was, I think he's pissed 
especially upon reflection, I think he was pissed at both of them because he is trying to insinuate himself into her life. And I think he's already insinuated himself into this chin guy's life. And also the soggy bottom boy, which we find out later, he's already got them under his thumb and doing what he wants them to. And a lot of that is illustrated by how weak-willed the the chin guy appears uh, because it's almost like he's just going with the flow and going with the tides. He never confronts Oscar. He does whatever Oscar wants him to. He does Oscar's dirty work for him later. He looks embarrassed about it and sad about it. But he's doing it. Mm-hmm. So he's also, Oscar's in control of all these relationships around him. And it's not super obvious and super, it was, it's not overt. And that's one of the things I liked most about watching this movie. Yeah, he's a bully. Um, he definitely um, was kind of shaming Soggy Bottom Boy. Um, talking about like his drug addiction. And he's like, I haven't used in years. And whether he did or didn't. Um, right, he knew exactly what to say to yeah. get to him. Yeah, mm-hmm. asshole. Ugh. So she goes over to him and is like, "You have to be careful. You you could actually hurt people." And he don't care. She ends up slapping him real hard and, while standing in the playground. Right, and so in Korea, the, the the monster's slapping the robot, and you hear all these people start cheering and stuff. And mm-hmm. he kind of slinks away. He's like, "All right, fine." And he slinks away. <laughs> And uh, it's crazy. They all these memes start appearing, and they had the thug life yeah. of the monster that just gave me life. That was so good. Uh, and so all the time she's been like scratching her head because she's like always nervous about things and what's he gonna do. And she keeps having more of those flashbacks to when she was a kid walking with that diorama. The wind picks it up, throws it in the tree, and of course she's walking with him. Yeah, as a with kid. Oscar as a kid. Which kind of fed more into, before you really know anything, oh, they were friends, childhood sweethearts, perhaps. Because he climbs the fence, seemingly to go get her diorama for mm-hmm. her. And then they stop then showing you. They stop showing right, you for they, the They're just time. giving you these little moments where you're like, okay, well, something's going to come of this. Right. That something's- helps to explain their relationship. But right. you don't get it yet. So... Nixine, Oscar's mad because he got slapped. He's in the bar. He's drunk out of his mind. Mm-hmm. This is when he's being mean to the guy, to, to oh brother, talking about uh, doing coke in the bathroom. And, oh, man, you can just tell that, that dude is so hurt by it. Well, and he's being, like, such a dick to her, too, like, mm-hmm. trying to, like, threaten her to do things. Right. Or he'll go back into the playground right. and Drink hurt this people. beer or else I'm going to go back and hurt people. Uh, I was so upset with him at that point. I was too because she was like, I haven't in like a, a week or since Sunday or whatever. I don't right. have much time. And he doesn't care because. And he doesn't care because he wants control over her. Yeah, he's exploiting her weakness. And again, it's a situation where it's an abuse tactic. You make somebody do something you want them to do that they don't want to. They're more likely to do that again. And he's trying to see if he can hold this over her like what can i use to control you best it is crazy it's so well done mm. this is when i really started to hate him well yeah i can see why you hated him he's he let everything drop and he was being an extreme asshole like challenging everybody making everybody uncomfortable and he knew it too that i think he knew he might have overstepped a little bit because uh the next day ochinto shows up with apology <laughs> furniture and i was like what's going on and he looked so sheepish. Like, he had to be there. And he knew that this was rude. And Oscar was an asshole the night before. But there he was with a whole truck full of furniture. And she's like, full what the hell is this? 
And I think he sees this happening to her. He knows mm-hmm. it's happened to him, and I think he feels trapped for whatever reason that they don't reveal, and he sees it happening to her, and he feels bad, but that doesn't stop him. Right. And so she leaves to go confront him. No, no, she doesn't leave to go confront him. She gets a call. From the boyfriend. From Tim? Yeah, from Tim. Tim is staying at the Hojo downtown. Oh, yeah. He just happened to be there on a work trip. Hmm. And I called bullshit on that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, after being sitting there by himself on a computer laptop for a day or whatever. Right. He knew his power was slipping. <laughs> and I was like, Tim ain't a victim. Tim's just another bad relationship she's been in. Right. It's like, well, I haven't had somebody to tell that they're not perfect today. I need to go visit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Tim right. is like, hey, come on over. I want you to not be in this place anymore. And she's like, uh, no, because she's strangely still connected to him, but it's almost like she's almost handed the baton over to Oscar, but not quite yet. And so what do they do? She's showing him around. She's like, this is where I work. This is the bar I work at. And Oscar is just, it's some Jason Bateman bullshit. You know, he is full psycho. (laughs) Is it not Jason Bateman? (laughs) No. No. Who, Who is the guy in the American Psycho? Oh, American Psycho, American Psycho, yes, that is Jason Bateman. Okay, I thought so. Wait. No, isn't it Christian Bale? Right. Well, but yeah, but his name, character's, character's name is Jason Bateman. Yes. Yeah, I thought mind. you were... Sorry. Oh, Psycho. When you said American Psycho. Psycho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, that's... Yeah, but yeah. this was some real Jason Bateman shit, right? Like, mm-hmm. they sit down, and he is the most... and He's like a silverback gorilla. Somebody's trying to come in and take his harem. And he's going to shit in his hand and throw it at you. Oh, it was terrible. Because yeah. he like comes in, he's like, ha, 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 I'm going to somewhat be intimidating, but ask you to sit down, and you're going to sit. Yeah, he was in control of that situation. And someone offered to get a beer or something, and what does he do? He looks at her. Why don't yeah. you go get us some beers? Right. Right. I was like, oh, this is And she because goes she's and an gets employee, some beers. And so she has to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I'm sure looked weird to Tim. Well, yeah. And, and Oscar's making this whole thing about how he's in control of this situation. Exactly, right. In fact, he then just tells this whole story in the most dramatic bullshit ever, goes to get this giant firework, and proceeds to set his fu- fucking bar on fire. And then mm. the thing that was most telling is he said, isn't that the craziest shit you've ever seen? And she's still not going anywhere. Oh, it gives mm. me chills. Yeah, It's it was so creepy. sad and creepy and... Kudos to uh, Sudeikis for being able to pull off this character. This is this is not playing to his type, and he really pulled this character off. Right? Yeah, he's usually totally the funny guy, and this was just full on creepster. And I just half wonder if it's because of everyone's expectation of what he's normally seen doing that makes it so real and yeah. so striking. And same thing for Anne Hathaway, because uh, people right. are used to seeing her in this like cute little rom com or whatever. Uh, more recent things aside. She is also really well positioned for for the Effect. trick that happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, Tim storms off and he's like trying to get her to go with him. Yeah, because Tim, fo- Tim lost. The baton is handed over because Oscar's right. She's not going anywhere. Mm. And this is when uh, I think we get the full flashback of what happened when they were children. Like, um, because. It's almost like the the curtains revealed 
Oz is actually just a terrible person. Right. <laughs> and uh, Oscar is a terrible person. And um, we're left to kind of deal with that. And we see that like, what happened was her diorama flies away. And then Oscar's going to go get it. And he could have just let it be. And she wasn't going to be able to go get it. But right. he said, let's go get this. And they go to get it. They get out to, I don't know, some wooded patch. And their backpacks spill. And she's got a monster in hers. And he's got the robot in his. And so he's going to get the diorama for her, this beautiful diorama. And instead, he just smashes the fuck out of it with his feet. And I thought that was really interesting because he appeared to be like the rescuing prince. Mm-hmm. And turned out to be just an asshole who's devastating, you know, her hard work. And that's kind of the pattern then she repeats over and over. She repeated it with Tim. She's repeated it. Uh, it, it led to, I think, her alcohol, alcoholism. And she's repeating it here with Oscar again, who started this whole cycle. Right. But that was the moment when she got struck by lightning and her kaiju appeared in Seoul the first time. Yeah. When they said it happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Right. She got, And that's why she's always scratching her head. That's where the and lightning struck her. And this was all like repressed memories. So she didn't think about that before. Yeah. And something I was thinking about too, like the representation of the, the monster and the robot. Yeah. I was like, she's clearly the monster. Like she's been a monster to everybody around her as a result of like her alcoholism and bad habits. Right. Mm-hmm. And he... It's kind of like a robot. I yeah. mean, he's very cold and calculating and and a ver- social personality. Yeah, just very robotic. Yeah, and I think it was interesting because she because of her various traumas and alcoholism, she's unintentionally destructive. And and when she finds out about the destruction she's caused in Korea as this monster, she feels bad about it and doesn't want it to continue. Right, so Whereas she fix it. He's intentionally destructive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like the biggest the 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 moment in the movie where I felt the worst is kind of coming up, you know. She remembers all these things, and she's uh, at home coming up from um, uh, waking up from the night before, and Oscar's just sitting there. You use these keys to get in, right? And she's like, "I think you're just a lonely, awful person." <laughs> and they end up having this giant fight, and they're destroying the furniture in the house, like. Which was symbolic again of him trying to come into her life, and now she's trying to destroy that. She has allowed that up to this point, and now she's trying to destroy it. Mm-hmm. And he fights back against that hard. They end up fighting. Uh, he he's like, "Fuck you! I'm gonna run to the playground and destroy stuff because that's the only way he has to control her." And she's trying to keep it from happening, but he gets there, and she again tries to fight him because the last time she stood up to him, he just walks away. He didn't walk away this time. Uh, and this movie got extremely physically violent. Um, he ends up like pushing her down, punching her. Yeah, he hit her hard. It was rough. And she tried to stop him. She, at this point, discovered she can't. And when he knocked her to the ground, she couldn't do much. And he very purposefully and very methodically starts stomping. Mm-hmm. And, oh, this was such a good piece of film work. Because as he's stomping, you can't see what's happening in Korea. But, but you, you can, can hear, hear it. it. Yeah. And I think that made it much more affecting and much more difficult um, emotionally because you knew what was happening. Meanwhile, what you're seeing is this dude stomping around in some sawdust. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and she is devastated because she can't stop him. Yeah, totally. 
So at this point, she's, she's kind of stuck. She didn't know what to do. And she, the next day, she legit leaves. Like she, and, and it's almost like she, it looked like she was washing her hands of it and she was just going. And he can do whatever he wants, but she's not going to be party to it anymore. But it turns out she legit flew to Korea. Well, before she did that, didn't she tell what Tim to wait for her at the hotel? She was going to go with him. It was kind of a... Yeah, she like an F you to that's right. Oscar. That's right. She was going to go with Tim, but she ends up not doing that, right. which was good because she, she was just going to flee from one abusive relationship into her next other one that was just not as abusive. It was not good, it, but it was clearly controlling and abusive, not as abusive. So to her, it would have been like a step up, but it's still abusive. Mm-hmm. And so I was so glad to see she didn't do that. She ends up kind of taking things in her own on her own. And I thought, again, this is really cool and symbolic because she, she, I think this is when she learns like you, she can't get away from the monster. She has to to. live with it and, and use it in a way like embrace it almost. Mm -hmm. Cause it's that, that way with alcoholism, you're never really, you don't get cured. You're not cured. Yeah. You're not cured. You just learn how to manage it. Yes. How can I cause the least amount of damage? and or avoid damage at all and um the ending of this was epic yeah i thought it was incredibly well done um i wasn't sure what to expect with um her going to seoul i was like oh see i i kind of was reasoning it through i was like yeah oh i wonder if she goes there if the monster will appear right here mm-hmm. yeah i was trying to work yeah i was trying to work all that out. i was like how is this gonna work <laughs> like um, is she going to be able to connect with the monster there? Like, where where is it going to end up? It was a big What's, gamble for yeah. him. Yeah. Well, like, right. is it going to do nothing? And like, there he is. He's pissed because yeah. it didn't go the way he wanted it to the day before. And so she gets soul, and there's the robot ready to do some destruction. Right. He could have stumbled and killed her, and that would have been the end of the movie. I know. I was actually nervous something like <laughs> that was, was going to happen. <laughs> but instead, she purposefully walks forward and... He and then it shows him back at the playground and the the ground's trembling. He's like, mm-hmm. "What the hell?" And here comes the monster right where yes. he is. And he's was, like, "Shit!" That was so exciting. It was so exciting. And then of course he's like, "I gotta go. I gotta run." And she's like, "I ain't having that shit." Yeah. And she right. somehow manages to Perp- accurately pinpoint <laughs> exactly where he funny. is. I thought what she was gonna do is just walk. Until she walked between the legs of the robot and then figured that that would have stomped him. I really wanted to see him get stomped. I wanted to see him get stomped yeah. too. But, but that ain't what happened. She, like Alan says, she just expertly, <laughs> like, apparently she's a math genius. <laughs> <laughs> she's, what is it, a brighter mind? No, a perfect a beautiful, mind. A beautiful, beautiful mind. mind. Beautiful mind. She's a beautiful mind and she worked out the math of exactly where to grab on the ground to grab him. And she does. And she lifts him up and I was like, she's going to chew his head off. <laughs> she's going to go home. And that's going to be it for him. But no, that's not what happened. No. He's like. Batters up. And he has like this moment of weakness where he pleads for his life. But then he's like. But then the monster came back out. The monster comes back out. And he's like, you know, fuck you, bitch. Blah, blah, blah. And he's trying to put her down. And it's crazy because the whole time she's doing this, the the robot in Korea is being lifted into the air. Mm. People are like, what's happening? So she hauls back and flings Jason Sudeikis. 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 Oscar. Oscar flings him and the robot flies off into the into the wild blue yonder to disappear in their magical smoke. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool, but it's also real shitty because somebody's going to end up with an Oscar like smacking him in the face or something like 
I actually wondered if maybe he disappeared in a cloud of smoke like his doppelganger did. Uh, yeah? And then he's just gone from the world. That would be convenient instead of him slamming into a Walmart at right. 100 miles an well, hour. When, well, when, yeah, when she threw him and then you see the robot like um, disappear, I was like, oh, he hit something. It's <laughs> like, was it a mountain? Was it a Walmart? I was like, oh. Yeah. But I think it's safe to say he's done. Yeah. He is done. Yeah. How do you recover from that? Yeah. So, you know, that was kind of where she faced her demons. She brought it together, and she's turned around, and she's walking off, and uh, she ends up in this little bar with this cute little queer bartender. She was adorable. Is that what we're assuming? (laughs) Yeah. Brooke immediately yelled that out. (laughs) Did you not see her? Oh, look. She was queer as fuck. (laughs) Oh, and Chinny Chin Chin saw her walking down the street from his TV. Oh, yeah, because he was watching the TV and he saw her. Yeah, and so he, he knew smiled. He smiled because he's like, you go, girl. Right. Right. Free. I have absolutely no power or authority in this whole movie, but I'm glad you did. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was totally just, he was there to illustrate the control Oscar has, I think. Over his friends and. Right. This and new person. It's crazy because the, the bartender is like, this is amazing news. This is great. You know? And then she, and she want a drink, and she doesn't want a drink. She didn't go into the bar to get a drink. <laughs> and did she call Tim, or did Tim call her at that point? At the but, bar? Like she I don't remember him, that Because she's like, I don't owe you shit. Because he's like, you owe me an explanation of oh, why you right. didn't meet me. Yeah. And she's like, you kicked me out of your apartment. I don't owe you shit. Right. She finally says the thing she should have been saying from the moment that, right, that he kicked her out. That, I it, thought that happened Instead bef- of calling him. before. I thought that happened before she went into battle. Well, I, Oh yeah, I think it. Because she had it just landed, she had just landed. But yeah, she was oh, like, "Now, I don't." Owe but you I anything. just like the fact that she yeah. could say. Point that. being, yeah. yeah, the point being, like, there she is, standing up and and totally taking her, her autonomy, her, what's the word I'm looking for here? Self control. I don't know. She, but she took it. She took the fuck out of it. <laughs> I was really glad to see it. Yeah, <laughs> she was empowered at that point. She's totally empowered. Yeah, finally, because she'd spent the whole time. Dealing with, she spent the whole movie reacting from her traumas and from her alcoholism, and now she, instead of that, was was able to stand up and and do something, take action instead. Good job, girl. I just remember thinking through the whole movie, that girl can't remember shit, and I didn't know if it was because of her alcoholism or because of her monster relationship. Turns out it was a combo. Right, it's because she's probably both. Yeah, I think a lot of it was because she's getting gaslit. Uh, and she just had to, she was so used to being blackout drunk mm-hmm. that she had to just accept that what people were telling her happened, happened. And that fucks with your brain. Yeah. Ugh. Remember, I was thinking at one point, oh, she's such a shitty friend. She didn't even remember that she was at somebody's funeral. And I don't even know that she ever was. Right. You know what I mean? That's right. just more of that gaslighting. Because she, she was talking about how's so-and-so? And he's like, oh, she died. You were at the funeral. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, you don't remember that? And again, that could have just been more... I never yeah, even as, thought about that. As now. a viewer, yeah. you just don't know. Right, mm-hmm. as a viewer, I was bought in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was. To- I totally believed him too. I was like, oh God, she's terrible. She's, she's pitiful. Yeah. But he could have just made that shit up just to play on her. But oh. it's, it's just so... It's so crazy to look back at the movie now and realize how I felt about characters and how they completely flip-flopped by the yeah. end of the movie. Totally. That's and what made it really cool. This movie didn't do that great. And I think one of the reasons is because 
this kind of switch and what it's about is so important to the experience of viewing it. The trailers misled people. Yeah. I you thought agree. it was some silly little rom-com about, about her and him and how she's controlling a monster in Korea and you don't know quite what's going to happen because of the trailers. But it turns out to be this really deep, emotional, uh, affecting um, allegory for abusive relationships. <laughs> and that just definitely doesn't come right. across in the trailer. And I think audiences generally hate it when they expect something out of a movie and they show up and it's something different. Same thing happened to Hancock. That movie was actually a lot more deep and a lot more interesting and... That movie was amazing. ...about a lot of more emotion than the trailer, which was just like basic superhero movie, made it out to be. Uh, Hancock's a much better movie than the trailer would let you think. Uh, and I, I think this movie suffered from that. So, I mean, I had to watch it twice to fully get it, to be yeah. honest. Because the first time I was so raw with emotion from just having things completely reversed. But watching it the second time, I could be a little more dispassionate. yeah and really see what was happening. So I, I recommend if you've only watched it once, watch it twice. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. Well, here we are at the end of the movie, and so you know what that means, guys. It's time for the ratings. Take me to your ratings. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go ahead and start on this one. Like, I... This is one of those movies that I liked more the more time I had to think about it. While I was watching it, I felt confused. And I even felt like when I came out of it, I wasn't sure what the hell had happened. Um, and I'm usually, you know, really aware of those things uh, when I'm watching movies and what, what, the, what the meanings are and what the metaphors are. And this one, it, it just didn't click with me until I had time to sit back and really think about it and even look at my notes for this podcast. Um, and as that started revealing, I felt bad because I didn't realize how abusive this situation was. And I realized that I had gone along with this guy for so long and believed in him and believed against her for so long that when that all turned, I just felt kind of confused. So I was like right along there with her. And um, it wasn't until I, I reflected on it that I figured it out. And I think that is one of the things I love about cinema. Like... Um, when when you can watch something and be totally intrigued by it, or even confused by it, but so intrigued that you think about it more, and then you then it starts to come out to you, and as you look back, then all this stuff makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. I had the same experience when I watched Donnie Darko. I watched, oh, <laughs> I watched it, and I didn't know why. But I liked it, and I was confused. And it wasn't until I did some research, and I did some thinking, and later it became a movie now that I love because there's so much packed into it. And uh, Colossal completely surprised me by being... Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's as good as Donnie Darko because that's wrong going on. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's one of those films. that that's As a movie lover, I just love being able to just set and blindly enjoy a movie like 47 meters down you know but i also like going to a movie that really makes me think and gives me an experience and then gives me experience afterwards mm -hmm. so i really like that about the movie it, it certainly wasn't a perfect movie um but it totally was engaging and intelligent and smart i end up giving it four out of five stars and as far as pride flags all we had was a queer bartender at the end i didn't feel good about that so it's like half a pride flag just from a little queer feelings. 
<laughs> She's so pretty, though. She was pretty. And a professional. Mm-hmm. How do you know she was queer? She doesn't. For God's sake, look at her. She was Asian. Are you saying all Asian people are queer? No, I'm saying all queer people are queer. Oh. Was your queer dart just going off? Yeah. Yours weren't? <laughs> Neither one of you? I just don't assume these things about people. Well, I know you don't, Irene. I mean, we've established that. But I'm surprised Alan... <laughs> Just watch the end of this movie again. You'll be like, oh, yeah, she is a little queer bartender. She's so Maybe dapper. she was just gender nonconforming. She just had, I mean, she could be lots of things. She had short hair. Everyone, right. everyone with short a, hair is gay. She, she was in Seoul, Korea, had a, a, a sharp bang, a sharp, an, bang. a sharp angled bang, and it was, was it purple? No. No? Not even. Not even colored. So it was no. just an Asian woman. I'm with sorry a- that you guys have to go through <laughs> life. With your with your straight glasses on. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, right. Alan, <laughs> Alan's over living the life every day. Oh yeah. So what did you think of the movie, Irene? Um, did you even give it stars? Yeah. How many? Four. I'm five. not going to tell you. Oh damn it, Alan. Sorry. I, I was come up with your own stars, Irene. I am coming up with my own stars. <laughs> I just missed it when you you queer baited me. <laughs> okay so i give it three stars I think anybody trying to if somebody puts out some queer bait for you it's just gonna rot before you come sniffing at it <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like nah i'm not interested in that kind of bait oh my god <laughs> you're just a denier i don't even know you <laughs> and i know you don't know me apparently so what did you think of the movie? Um, I give it about three stars. Um, I wasn't sure that I liked it at the end. I was like, what did I just watch? I'm kind of mad about it. Um, I definitely had the the super cheers at the end that, you know, she kind of made things right and, you know, took care of business. I was like, good job. We evolved as a person <laughs> in this movie. So, um. I, I definitely liked it better the more I thought about it. And then talking about it um, made it more enjoyable for sure. Um, I'm going to give it no queer flags. Because, or pride flags. Um, <laughs> because. Um, you weren't feeling it. Not, I don't think anybody was really feeling it. But we'll see what Alan says. <laughs> well, I give it a four out of five stars as well. Because I. I actually felt compelled to go watch it a second time because I felt like I missed something, and I did, clearly. And I even had read some reviews that were also thoughts. Um, There was actually one point in the movie where she had made a comment, um, like, if this just keeps happening in Seoul, Korea, nobody will care. And one of the reviews that I had read had talked about, you know, that's kind of a, a thing that... Americans will will oftentimes not think about what happens in other places. Yeah, that's real. You know, so they do nothing to affect change. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a comment that they didn't really go beyond her comment, but it was definitely something that could have been expanded more upon because this was all happening far away. And, you know, people are just kind of like, oh, that happened, yeah. that well, happened. And the yeah. more it happened, the less it was kind of talked yeah. about. We ignore shit that's right here in front of us, like Flint and Puerto Rico. That is right. true. I mean, having water problems still. 
Still, yeah. So, I mean, we... It's, it's right there. That's happening to Americans, and we can ignore it. Mm-hmm. We, we definitely would ignore things. Like, we might post about it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, this is outrageous. P- pray for the people of Flint... Of, uh, not Flint. Oh, my God. Pray <laughs> for, the, for the people of, of S- South Korea. Our thoughts and prayers. You know? We might post that on Facebook, but there's people... Not, you're absolutely right. People aren't going to be doing a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like, I'm glad it's them and not us. Well, I mean, even when they go to like to get the the Korean writing, like they go in and they ask this favor, and they're clearly like watching this TV f- concerned in the background. Yes, but it's in the background. In the background, yeah. That fan, like the Korean family, is riveted by it, and and meanwhile they're like, <laughs> they were all just wrapped up in their personal situation right. trying to take care of something. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of things like that in this movie that I, I just felt like there was so much. You know, that you just ne- don't necessarily pick up on the first time. So, four out of five. And then I'll give it a half because there might be a little queerness to that, that bartender at the end. So, I'm going to go in between. Alan's the great divider. He's yeah. like, I'm going to I'm gonna side with both of you. That's probably why this, uh, this friend group is, is Alan's the glue. I'm the glue. <laughs> I'm the Elmers. Not to be confused with Elmo. You're the gay glue. <laughs> Although I am a mo, so it could be Elmo. <laughs> Elmo's glue. <laughs> oh, that sounds gross. <laughs> gross. It really does. Uh. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that takes us to the end of another week's episode. Please review and rate this podcast, and if you like what you're hearing, subscribe. Join us on our next episode when we'll be reviewing Do You Take This Man? Watch it with us this week on Amazon Prime, and send your review to us at comment at streamingunicornpodcast.com. If you want to see us review a particular movie, you can send your suggestion to that address as well. Also, don't forget to go onto Facebook and give us your idea for a fan name. You could win 50 bucks. You'll be popular. Streaming Unicorn Podcast is produced in cooperation with Stealth Pickles Productions and is copyright 2017. All rights reserved. Partial logo design provided by Wink Images on freepick.com and theme music created by Brooke. Check out our website, streamingunicornpodcast.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube for bonus content. Until next time, this is Brooke, Irene, and Alan saying, She's She's the the monster, monster. I'm I'm the the robot. robot. Streaming Unicorn Podcast is sponsored by the Spetipi. Streaming Unicorn's Skibbity, 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 Skibbity. Why has it got to be MILFs? (laughs) Milfing it up on the Barry Gibbs talk show. (laughs) So we're talking about hating the dude. Um, Yeah, the fight at the bar and hating the dude. Fart at the bar. The fart at the bar. The old fart at the bar. Fart at the bar. Come again on my fart bar. Come um, again on my fart bar? Fart bar. That's just what came out. <laughs> um, Jason Sudeikis. 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 Oscar. Oscar. Brown chicken, brown cow. Brown chicken, brown cow? <laughs> the best brown. chocolate milk comes from brown cows. Brown Ew. Brown cow. <laughs> Don't drink chocolate milk straight from the cow. That ain't chocolate no, milk. That ain't chocolate milk. That's, no. That's diarrhea. <laughs> That's a cow plot, mommy. That's, that's a diorama. A diorama. It's a diorama of diarrhea. It, is it a diorama of Seoul, Korea? The diarrhea diorama. The diarrhea diorama. 
I got baited into that. That's not completely my fault. <laughs> what do you mean you got baited into that? You talked about... <laughs> oh, hell no, bitch. <laughs> oh, oh, own your shit. Own your shit. 